0: lake. She is dreaming. She is drifting. Never been so wide awake. Captured in the moment by the beauty all around her. There's nowhere else that she would rather be. Hello and welcome. This is Karen Modokitis and you're listening to How She Really Does It, The Place where inspiration and possibility meet and we make changes so we transform our lives. What a week. Are you happy it's Friday? I certainly am. It's been a great week. I've re-entered back to my regular life after traveling a lot over the last six weeks coming in and out of my hometown and I have this huge story that I don't do well with travel and re-entry And then on top of it, I've spent the week, this week and last week, interviewing candidates for my upcoming Enough group. I'm so excited. The quality of the women who are joining this group is fantastic. Um, And we're going to be working on them becoming enough. They may be enough in certain areas of their lives and want to cultivate there. Enough, we work on you being the leader in your life, you being enough. And maybe you feel enough in your workplace but it's maybe you want to have more loving and connected relationships, or maybe you want to, they want to trust themselves and have confidence in themselves of who they are. And when you can root that in yourself, it works in personal relationships and it works in your professional life. And so I'm really excited because I've been carefully putting this group together. Even though that people have been signing up, there's still a few spots left if you're listening to this in early September. So if you're interested, go to howshereallydoesit.com forward slash enough. That's howshereallydoesit.com forward slash enough, because I'm going to be conducting some more interviews next week with people as I continue to fill this group. With that said, even though it's Friday and it's been a long week, I'm so excited to be here with you today. I just got back from LA and last week my husband was inducted in the American Swim Coaches Hall of Fame. And it's been so interesting for me to really reflect and think about it because he's been coaching for 34 years and we've been together for 25 years. So there's been a lot to think about in the highs and the lows. And for those that know him, his people, his community, They know he does not like it to be about him. He's probably not going to like this either. But I'm going to talk about this because as a coach, for him, it was always about the athlete. It's always been that way and it will continue. And he spent the past 34 years with this focus on the athlete first. And yes, that did mean at times, even over our own family. And there was lots of arguments about that there were also family decisions. So back in 2000, early 2000s, when he decided to coach Haley Cope or when he uh, when she, he was asked to coach her, we had a family meeting and we had a decision. The problem with that decision was I didn't really understand what I was getting myself involved with. And then later on, he had, at the, actually it was in the same time, he had a Paralympian, Mark Barr, who was one of our longtime guests or one of our longtime swimmers, who's also been a guest on the show and i'll put the link in the show notes. Mark is a badass and he's currently heading to Australia to compete in the tri- triathlon and he did two Paralympics in swimming and then one in uh, triathlons. He was 0408 at then Athens and China and then in 2016 he went to Rio. And right now he's in Australia competing. I'll put a link to his Instagram show notes too, in the show notes as well. And then Scott Welt, who I've talked about, who's also been a guest on the show. I had a much better idea what I was getting involved with. and But it wasn't just because of those guys. It was also because he was making a significant contribution to the sport of swimming community and her profession. And here's the thing. Why am I talking about this today? But there's been a lot of reflection this summer, thinking about things, you know, and Checking in with our community and the people that he's been around. And somebody said to me last week, like, oh, you guys really haven't had that much of hard, difficult times in Pete's coaching career. And outside of, we we lost a couple of our athletes. And actually, that's not been true. There have been some really pivotal highs, and there have been lots of lows and lots of falling down moments and gut-wrenching pain. And there were times that I even lost hope. And I give you that because so often when we see people that have achieved success, we think, oh, that's possible for them and it's not possible for us. But here's the thing. My husband for me was a trailblazer in today's topic that I'm going to talk about because when I first knew him, he was one of the most, no, he was the most hated person in Davis and he was also beloved by people. And I also didn't like him, so I can have added my list name to the list of hating him, right? But here's the thing. He still showed up. He was brave. He didn't pay much attention to the people in the cheap seats. Those are the people who have an opinion, but they don't really have a skin in the game. They're just sitting up there and they're willing to comment. They're willing to judge. He didn't really pay attention to those people. He also had critics who had power over him. They were holding on to his contract. They would, you know, uh, his pay was involved. And so these were some of the people that didn't like him as well. So he had, it wasn't like he can say, screw you, I'm going to go do it my way. But how do, how does one move through this when you were the most hated and the most loved? So he taught me that. I didn't realize that years later that would fall onto my path because I remember thinking, oh, if we're just successful, then you're going to be safe. And unfortunately, those are one of the lies that we tell ourselves and we choose to believe in. And it only leads to pain and suffering because on this journey that we've been on, there's been a lot of unsafe moments. And I give you that in the sense that, you know, we want so much certainty. And I work with my clients who want certainty, but there's not, we're going to be vulnerable. And when you really want to dare greatly, and when you really want to show up and be you, there are going to be the haters. And that is okay. And that's what I'm here to talk about today is that people liking you has nothing to do with you. And again, I said he was my trailblazer because he was, I watched him go through this and he was ahead of me on this. And then a few years back, this happened to me, I became one of the most hated people around. And when I'm talking about it does, you know, people liking you or not liking you has nothing to do with you. It doesn't mean you get to be a jerk. It doesn't mean you get to do unkind things to be pain, you know, create pain for other people to physically hurt other people. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when you show up as you, the best of you, not everybody's going to like you. You're going to have some people love you and there's going to be some people that can't stand you. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not saying that you're going to deliberately or cause pain and suffering, or that you're even offloading pain and suffering, because let's face it, we all have flaws and we all have dark sides of ourselves, right? There's always the shadows of ourselves. So we have our moments where we are very, very imperfect, and that is okay, because we will have our fallen down moments, and hopefully you recognize it and make amends as necessary. So I'm not talking about when you're the most hated, or it's okay to be the most hated because you can just run over people. I really want that to be clear. I'm talking about when you show up, when you share what you believe, when you own your voice, when you stand tall and you're daring greatly, when you believe in something bigger than yourself and other people want to take you down, that is when People liking you or not liking you has nothing to do with you. And this is something really important because I had to go through this process. I watched him go through it. And then I spent a long time approval whoring. actually spent much of my life approval whoring and I watched him really be who he is, whether it's the way he dressed or just the way he acted, he responded, he was who he was and he found his people. He created his people. And whether they showed up the summer at our big old party, or they came to the Hall of Fame induction, you know, last week, those are his people. They love him for all of who he is for, you know, sometimes his awkward conversations, his white socks that he will wear, whatever. They just love him for all of who he is. And that's what we really want with the people that are on our team. It's not about pleasing everybody. It's about knowing who your people are. And I talk about that a lot on the show. So there are people that are going to be there for you and they're going to help you get back up. They're going to give you a hand. They're going to love you. They're going to know your flaws and they're going to love you anyways. And then they're going to be the people that are going to hate you. They're going to look for reasons and evidence of why there's something wrong with you. I have two lines. I have the most hated. I'm like the most hated. There's people and there's people that love me. And I have that. And part of it is because I fully show up in my life. People know me. People know who I am. They know what I believe. Now, I don't share everything and because not everybody's earned the right to hear it, but I fully show up in my life. I'll go to the grocery store. My hair may be in a bun or in a ponytail or more in a baseball cap, usually an Aqua Monsters baseball cap, but I fully show up in my life and people know me. And some people will say, oh, Karen's really opinionated or con you know, confrontational. Actually that I was at a swim meet recently and I was talking about my beliefs about swimming and where the sport is heading and I wound up getting into this uh discussion with another coach who then happened to run into my husband at another meeting and said, wow, that wife of yours, was she always that opinionated? And I've decided we're just now really good friends because I saw him last week. I go, oh, there's my really good friend. And these are yes, my opinions. And this is what I believe. And you don't have to believe it. It's okay. Cause they're called beliefs, right? And they're what I believe. You don't have to believe it. So I give you that in the sense that if people like you or don't like you, it really has nothing to do with you. And I want you to think about this. Think about the people that you are drawn to. Think about the people that you like. Because here's the thing, I work, my work that I do, whether it's in swimming or in life coaching, is to look for the patterns, you know, and there were patterns of those who liked me. Well, it was really simple. I validated them. Maybe we had the same values. Maybe we had similar experiences or upbringings. Maybe we shared similar pasts. Think about it. Who are the people that you like? We like people that validate us, that validate who we are or what we believe. And so I think about when I, who are the people I'm drawn to? A lot of times it's people really interested in people that have overcome obstacles to get to where they are. Obviously, if they love swimming, I'm, I can be interested. And people that we may have in common. Like if we have a really good friend and we both really love on this friend, that may be something that draws to me. And again, going back to the values, that's always really important. It can be simple things of, you know, love of movies, books, podcasts. So those are the things that, you know, can draw us to other people that we like. So we may like them because it's like, Ooh, they like this and I like this and it validates us. Now let's talk about those who hated me or who hate me. I can be a trigger, right? They may think, Corinne, you're too much. You, and sometimes I intimidate people because I can be really good verbally because of what I do. I Day in and day out, I'm talking, I'm communicating with people. I'm a really good verbal communicator. That can be a trigger for them because they may have a story that they're not good verbally. I've actually had somebody tell me this and they may not like me because of that. Again, it has nothing to do with me. It can be their own trigger. I can scare people just like I was talking about. I'm a tall person. I'm 5'11". I have my opinions and I'm fierce, right? I can scare people because it's like they may have a belief that if somebody is speaking their mind that they can't use their voice. That can scare them. And then oftentimes when somebody doesn't like you, it's because they see something in you that they don't like about themselves. And that's why. So think about that. Think about some of the people that you want to run away from. You're probably wanting to run away from your own story of a part of who you are. And so again, I want to go back to if you take anything away is that people liking you and not liking you has nothing to do with you. And when you get to really embrace who you are and own who you are, it does create a polarizing or a a dichotomy, right? Because what starts to happen is people either like you or they don't like you. There's really not a whole lot of in between. And there's really, I'm like the most loved and the most hated. And in fact, I have a mug to prove that. It was sent to my house one day or sent to me one day um, and I received it. And I was like, wow, where did this come from? And I think because I was talking about it on the show and it actually came from one of my clients and I've talked to her about it. I've really owned it and I braced it. And the beauty in all of that is when I can own my story and love myself, I can accept that I am flawed, that I have great strengths and I am flawed. And it reminds me that not everybody has to love me. It's just the right people that love me. Right? we don't have to be loved by everybody we often think we do but that's actually not the case so the more that you can own it and embrace it and love yourself through the process then you can move through it and it doesn't take you down I realize as I talk with some people I'm like oh they're gonna go in the most hated line and that's okay they have that plot spot there there's a long line there's plenty of people for you to hang out with if you want to talk about whatever the things that you don't like about me you feel free to doesn't feel very good and you're going to live in the swampland, but I don't want to go there with you. And so that's why it doesn't bother me. And then something else is that Eleanor Roosevelt has this great quote that I came across this week when I was writing is that no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. I'm going to say that again because we all need to remember this. No one can make you feel inferior without your consent. So back when I was an approval whore, if I believe that everybody's supposed to love me, and if everybody loves me, then I can finally be worthy, finding that person that hated me would be a problem. And also, I was depending my worthiness on if somebody else liked me. So I didn't believe that I was worthy right here, right now. And therefore, that's why I would feel inferior. So it goes back to what do you believe about yourself? Like I said, I'm fierce. I can have strong beliefs. I can be compassionate. I have many strengths and I have many flaws. There's all of me, just like there's all of you. And it's about not being attached to being hated as a bad thing. It's a freeing thing. And I remember hearing this from Seth Godin I don't know probably about 10 years ago, 12 years ago about it's really important to show up as who you are so that people can make a decision. do they want to be a part of your tribe or not a part of your tribe? And I thought, oh no, I want everybody. but that's a scarcity mindset. We don't have space for everybody and we all want to have our own communities. So you don't have to be perfect to have a live an amazing life. and that's a fantastic belief to have. You don't have to be perfect to live an amazing life if people like you or don't like you it has nothing to do with you it has everything to how they see themselves and how they see you so go give yourself permission to love yourself find your tribe that gets you build your community let the haters hate and instead you go and live from a place of love cuz it's a way better experience to live in doesn't that sound like a fantastic way to live and if you're stuck with Okay, Corinne, this all sounds great, but it's a bit of a shit show and me implementing it. I've got just the thing for you. It's my enough group. Go and apply. Don't wait. It's a fantastic opportunity. Not only are you gonna understand the concepts and the research in enough, but you're gonna actually implement it. The goal over our year together, it's a small coaching group, and the goal is that you live it. You Feel it in your bones, you understand it, and you're able to live it so that you are enough. It takes practice, it takes structure, it takes support, and I've got that there for you. So go to she really does forward slash enough. That's she really does forward slash enough. I'll see you there, and I'm smiling big for you. On a lake, she is dreaming. She is drifting never been so wide Ooh.